If hearing foul language makes your butt pucker up so tight that you can't pass a fart, this is 100% not the podcast for you, and you should immediately turn it off and consider some Preparation H. Thank you, and let's get to the show. What's going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got K-Love, you got Stevie P. We're coming back with another podcast today. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, everybody? What's up, everyone? So, uh, as we talked to you about on Friday, today we're going to get into the top 15 quarterbacks. Uh, But first, Steve, uh, Brian Robinson, I know you heard the news. You know, prayers up to his family, or to him and his family. Um... That's pretty devastating for a guy that was, you know, seemed like he was he was making his way up their depth chart to uh, possibly be the starting running back this year. Yeah, it's a sad situation. You know, uh, I don't know exactly what happened, so I don't want to speculate or get into that, you know, anything crazy. But, you know, we know it was a carjacking. We know, you know, they shot him a couple times. Seems not life-threatening from what we're hearing, but. You know, prayers go out to him and his family, and you know it sucks. It sucks when you have a situation like this in any aspect of life. But you know, for an NFL player, a young guy who's just getting into the league, you know, getting some money and starting to, you know, it's the beginning of his life, really. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And to have this happen to him, that sucks. But you know, fantasy implications of it. You know, obviously, you know we're gonna have to see how long he's out. You know what I mean, maybe. You know, I guess in the next coming weeks we'll hear, you know, how he's doing and all that. But, you know, definitely it definitely changes the landscape in in Washington. It absolutely does. Um, And, you know, watching or or seeing preseason this week, uh, just to change, you know, quick transition. I don't think that any of these teams really have a an idea like. Before before preseason games, it seemed like everybody kind of was on the same page of how they were treating the preseason. It'd be like, you know, starters might play a little early. You know, first game, it was like starters might play quarter. Second game, starters might play, you know, a little more. Third game would be like the, the you know, oh, the first starters are getting a half in and it'd be the long game. And the fourth game, you wouldn't see anybody. Like, with these three games, it seems like everyone treats them different. Like you, the Bears, you have like their starters in for basically almost half the game, you know. And then you got other teams are not even seeing their starters. It's just preseason the three games. I think that the league is still coming around on it and, and trying to figure out like a uh, like a consensus on what we're going to do and how we're going to play our players. Yeah, it definitely was weird to see. That because there were like you said some teams that did play starters you know what I mean and then there was teams that like literally didn't play starters and then there was other teams who didn't play anything but third stringers you know what I mean it was like you know they were just trying to figure out bubble guys you know what I mean so it was like it was a little bit strange but I thought it was still fun to watch you know what I mean I know I know you know with Chicago Fields goes out there and looks like Joe Montana but you know for the most part. I don't feel there was any like change. In, I know some people are like, "Oh man, Fields looks so good," but you got—I mean, he was going up against second-team defense. You know what I mean? So I'm not—I'm not too. It doesn't make me so much more excited for him or, or really on any of the other guys. I just—I think they just wanted to get some of their guys work, especially teams like the Bears who are, you know, struggling to to figure out how they're going to create offense. You know, so. I think that was more the situation than, you know, to be excited about anybody. Yeah, even the Dolphins. I mean, you see Tyreek Hill out there, you know, to a, he, to, and Tyreek Hill and deep shots, and then you look at who's covering Tyreek Hill, and it's like, who is that guy? Damn sure <laughs> not Darius Slay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, like I said, I, I think the, the league is still coming around a consensus on how we're going to treat preseason with three games. Are we going to make the – 
you know, the, the serious, you know, starter game, like the second game. Cause you know, I mean, it's just, it's been different for every team. It seems like this preseason. Yeah, it definitely has. All right, guys. So let's get into these top 15 quarterbacks. Um, it's probably going to go a little quick because fifth top 15 are pretty, pretty much consensus at this point. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Steve and I have our own rankings that we do and, and there might be some different names thrown in the mix, but you know, it's, it's really, it's kind of hard to go against what the top 15 are. So number 15 and ADP is Kirk Cousins. Uh, Steve, how do you feel about Kirk Cousins being there? I think Kirk Cousins gets poo-pooed for some reason. I have no idea why. Like, the dude is, he's been pretty get damn consistent, in fan, especially in fantasy. Maybe not in an NFL aspect, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I know everybody wants to win a Super Bowl every single year. But, you know, the dude has basically been a top, what, 10 quarterback for the past, what, three to four years. And his weapons haven't gotten worse. I mean, really, they've gotten better, if you ask me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Stefan Diggs, I, as much as I love Stefan Diggs, I think anyone in the league would say I'd rather have Justin Jefferson right now just because of his youth and, you know, his playing ability. Like, look at look at the dude. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. basically been ridiculous. So I, I don't see how this offense has gotten worse to make Kirk Cousins drop out of the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks, and he goes outside the top 10 every year. Yeah, I mean, you look ahead of him and, you know, it's like, I guess it's, it's kind of a thing of who are you going to drop? You know, obviously he could probably be ahead of Derek Carr, um, but Carr just got a, a nice new toy to play with, you know, so everybody's excited about that. Trey Lance is the one of the hottest up-and-coming quarterbacks. Everybody thinks he's going to be – you know, he, he has possibility for Lamar Jackson upside, Stafford. We've seen what he did last year. He's he's pretty much just, uh, a little bit of a better Kirk Cousins. Like, he just, he's just he been super consistent, and he's got, you know, basically he's probably his weapons are probably just as good, if not a little better. And, you know, Russell Wilson, he's got – he's in that new offense they think they're going to play with. Aaron Rodgers, you know, yeah, he lost his, his guys, so it's like – but he's the rating MVP and one of the best quarterbacks ever. So it's like, it just starts to be like, who are we putting Kirk Cousins ahead of, you know? So I think that's part, part of what the reason is. Um, yeah. number, go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think if I were to drop two guys out, you know, I could see Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers both not making the top 12 just because Russell Wilson's defense is so good that he's not going to have to throw a lot. You know what I mean? He can throw to get them into leads, and then their defense is just so good they start to run the ball to, you know, kill clock. And then with Aaron Rodgers, you know, just the weapon situation, you know, making him drop out. Yeah, there would be the two I would probably put on there, as well as Dak. I, you know, Dak were, you know, losing Tyron Smith, not really had, not, you know, his weapons right now without Michael Gallup, you know, for however long it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're just out there with CD Lamb. You know, could definitely could hurt hurt Dak, but um, yeah. I mean, like you said, Kirk Cousins kind of gets poo pooed, and he's probably going to finish as a top ten quarterback once again this year. Yep. Number fourteen, Derek Carr. Um, so Derek Carr obviously gets Devontae Adams this year. He still is Hunter Renfro. Waller looking for a new contract apparently, so there's a little situation with him going on. But, you know, as of now, he still has Darren Waller. Uh, there's been, like, a lot of trade rumors and things like that been thrown around because of, you know, Waller's contract. But, you know, you give a guy those kind of weapons, man. Derek Carr is a very, very good quarterback. I, I would expect him to be able to utilize those weapons to, you know, finish somewhere between 10 and 14. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, he... I've been saying that he's a quarterback that I think could break out for like the past two seasons in a row. And it's just because, like I said, I think he's, it's never the yardage that, that kills Derek Carr. You know what I mean, it's always the touchdowns, you know what I mean? He just doesn't score enough touchdowns. 
And now you get him, the guy that he led the nation with in touchdowns in college. And, you know, I could see Carr throwing for 32, 34 touchdowns. And if he gets up into that range with the yardage that we already know that he throws for on a, you know, pretty consistent basis, he's 4,500 plus yards basically every single year. Um, he throws for a nice completion percentage. It's it's not like, you know, the guy is inaccurate and he's throwing wiffle balls out there. But, you know, I, I could definitely see Carr, you know, finishing, you know, 10 or even higher if, if uh, you know, his quarter, quarter, yeah, his touchdowns get to, you know, 35 plus, which I think it's a possibility. So, you know, I, a guy that I like taking super late uh, because you're getting him around, you know, uh, 12, you know, 13, which is awesome. Yep, I agree. I mean, you know, if you wait on quarterback, which most fantasy analysts are going to tell you to do, um, and this is why they're going to tell you to do it, because guys like Kirk Cousins, who you can get at number 15, are, you know, probably top 10 quarterbacks, you know. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, if you continue to wait, you know, Derek Carr falls in your lap and that's your guy and you and his number one target is Devontae Adams and he's got a, a one of the better slot receivers in the league in Hunter Renfro. And like you said, I mean, the guy's been pretty much ultra consistent in yards. His issues have been touchdowns and now he gets one of the best touchdown receivers there is. You know, Derek Carr to me really can only go up. I mean, I don't see him finishing any lower than this because to be honest, when you have those kind of weapons, I mean, it makes it you got to play bad in order to do that. And Derek Carr really has never really played bad, you know. Uh, number thirteen is Trey Lance. So, I uh, in my mind, I I like Trey Lance to me is way higher than this. Um, you know, I think I have Trey Lance ranked at number eight. Um, I, you know, I know the preseason hasn't looked great for Lance, but I love the coaching situation. Uh, that's probably my favorite thing out of everything that, around Lance is the fact that Kyle Shanahan is calling his plays and is over Kyle Shanahan's coaching history has gotten the best out of just about any player. I mean, he had Jimmy Garoppolo going to NFC championships and Super Bowls consistently. Um you're going to get the rushing yards. The guy in his two starts ran enough to – he was – through on his in his two starts, and it's a very small sample size, but his projection for the season would have been 1,100 yards rushing, which you give a quarterback 1,100 yards rushing, right off the bat, you know, they're a top 10 quarterback easily. Um, and you put the weapons around him that he's got with Kittle and Ayuk and, and of course, Debo, you know, I don't think there's any way Trey Lance finishes outside the top 10. I, I mean, I, he's got to be bad. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he hasn't been good in preseason. I'll give him that. But I expect Kyle Shanahan to work around that to, you know, get the best out of him. And I think that ultimately, as the season goes on, he's going to get better and better. And he's going to be, you know, he's going to be great for fantasy football. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's going to be hard for him not to just just because of the fact that I think he's a 700 plus yard rusher this year, basically, no matter what, unless he gets hurt. Uh, it's going to be real hard for him to not hit the top 10 because, you know, even if he has a Lamar Jackson, you know, season where, you know, he throws for, you know, 3,300 yards and and, uh, you know, let's say 20 touchdowns. I mean, he still has the possibility of 700 rushing yards plus, you know, let's say five to eight rushing touchdowns. So he, you know, it's going to be really hard, you know, especially, in a you know, four point per passing league touch, you know, for touchdowns for him to finish outside the top 10. It's just going to, it's, yeah, he just has too much upside with the, with the rushing ability. 100% agree. Number 12, Matthew Stafford. So... Like I said, I mean, I think Stafford is just like an ultra consistent player um, throughout his 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 career. If as long as he, you know, he basically when he had Calvin Johnson, he was a stud. You know, he would be 
anywhere in the top seven. Um, he kind of dropped a little bit, even though he still had Golden Tate and Kenny Galladay out there. I think his worst season was like two, like, you know, two years ago, uh, right before the Rams, when you know he got. Now, obviously, he's had worse seasons because he's been injured and things like that. But I'm saying, like, as far as his play, you know, Galladay got hurt. There wasn't much out there two years ago, and then really you saw him kind of, you know, not really play as well. And then last year he comes back and wins. In the Super Bowl because you know he's with Sean McVay and he's got Cooper Cup and you know him and Cooper Cup are just have this historic season together and you know have Robert Woods he goes down but you bring back Odell Beckham now he's got Allen Robinson like this is Calvin Johnson's one of the greatest receivers ever but this could be his like best receiving core yet and. You know, considering the history, I know you got the elbow, and a lot of people are talking about the elbow. But from what he says, he feels fine. And, you know, if he feels fine and that's his uh, – I'm going to take him on his word, then same thing. I mean, I he probably could be one that could finish 13 instead of 12. But, you know, ultimately I think, you know, any one of these top 15 guys I'm cool with getting as my starting quarterback. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I just feel like, so this is not the first time we hear about the elbow. Like, he's had this elbow issue a couple of times flare up in the past couple of years, and he's always played through it. Like, the one thing you can always, the one thing you never take away from Matthew Stafford is that the dude plays football games. Like, you know, his, like, I want to say it was, like, his first two seasons, or maybe it was, after like, the season after his rookie year or whatever, he got hurt. You know, and it was like two seasons in a row and people were starting to call him, you know, fragile and saying that he, you know, he might not be long for the league because he's always hurt and blah, blah, blah. But other ever since then, the dude really does not miss games like he has not missed many games since those two seasons. Right. And I just don't see. I really don't see him finishing outside the top 12 just because of the amount of weapons that he has, if the running game, you know, if Cam Akers and, and Henderson are not doing the job, McVay has no problem making this dude throw the ball 40 times a game. Like we've seen it. So I just, you know, I really don't have any worries about Matthew Stafford. Like you said, his receiving weapons are better this, this year than, than they've ever been really. And he's just, he's just a very good quarterback who is on an offense that almost, almost sets him up to, to not be able to fail. Nope. 100% agree. So number 11 is Russell Wilson. Uh, Steve, get into Russell Wilson a little bit. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I think Russell Wilson's going to be very good this year. I mean, I do think that he probably finishes his, you know, right in there um but the past couple years i've been saying i think he might be the mvp looking at last year and watching him play maybe that's just not in russ's range of outcomes like just like i think russ is a very good quarterback and i think he's a very capable quarterback but maybe he doesn't have that you know aaron Rodgers, you know 40 touchdown season with 4,500 yard capability. Yeah, that, that just might be a a fact. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? If if Russ throws for, you know, 35, and, and he doesn't have the rushing ability anymore either. You know what I mean, like he, he used to be able to get you 400 yards in a season, you know, and you didn't really worry about it too much. Now he's close to, you know, he's, he's trickling down into the, you know, 150 200 yard range because he's just he's getting he's getting older he's trying just to preserve his career so you know without the running rushing upside and without you know i just don't think his ceiling is as high as i may have thought a couple of years ago so you know i could definitely see russ you know throwing the ball deep getting some plays big this year like he always does but maybe not the quarterback you know who's not a quarterback who's going to win an mvp Yep, uh, I have Russell Wilson right at 11. Um, this is pretty much, I think, where he should be drafted. You know, 
going to a new team, going to a new situation. You don't know how he's going to work out with these other weapons. You know, Cortland Sutton is, is tailor-made for Russell Wilson. Jerry Judy, we're really not we're really not sure of. You know, Jerry Judy's been hurt his whole his you know his career. Tim Patrick uh, gets hurt before the season even starts. That was a great third weapon for them. They have KJ Hamler and some other guys out there, but you know, to me with Russ, you know. I kind of agree. Like we've put, we we both have kind of put a lot of eggs in Russell Wilson's basket over the last couple of years, and you know, this year going to a new team, I think I'm I'm a little more hesitant because I just as good. I think Cortland Sutton's a very good receiver, but I don't think he's DK Metcalf. I think Jerry Judy's a very good player, but I don't think he's Tyler Lockett, and you know it almost seems like he's getting a downgrade in his weapons while he's getting an upgrade in the rushing attack because you have Melvin Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, which is pretty, which is probably better than what he's had in Seattle the last couple of years. And like you said, I think they're going to run the ball a little bit more and, you know, play to win games. And I think that's going to probably hurt Russ's stats, which, you know, stats are what fantasy production is. I think it's going to wind up hurting Russ's stats over, over the course of the season. Definitely. Um, number 10 is Aaron Rodgers. Um, I have Rodgers a little lower than this, to be honest. I, I'm not really too excited about Aaron Rodgers this year. Uh, you know, it seems like watching their – preseason and how they've treated preseason it seems like the way they're going to start is with Sammy Watkins Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb in the slot and I just don't like that at all I mean that's Sammy Watkins has historically Sammy Watkins I'll tell you what plug him in your daily lineups in week one because he always has a good week one and after that he'll probably do shit but like I just do not like the 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 weapons that Aaron Rodgers has unless Alan Lazard becomes you know a mini Devonte Adams where he's getting 170 targets and he's making all kinds of great catches and moves like I I just don't see how you know Rodgers is able to perform at this kind of level with these with these weapons. Yep, I agree. I I mean I have him at 15, believe it or not. Um, yeah, I have him at 13. Yeah, I, I just, I don't see, I think the Green Bay Packers are still going to be a good team. That's the thing. I do think they're going to be a good team, but Rodgers doesn't have to throw for 41 touchdowns, 45 touchdowns. Like, I think that they're going to rely a lot more on the run this year because yep. they have two great running backs, right? I also think that, you know, I definitely could see him getting into like the 30 range of touchdowns just because he's Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, I don't see him having that 40 plus touchdown season this year just because of the weapons that he has. And I don't think they're going to, you know, I trust this coaching staff to get this team wins. And the way they're going to do that is by, you know, building up the defense, which they already did. In, you know what I mean, in the, in the draft and in, you know, they didn't really do crazy anything crazy in free agent because they, they never, really never do. But this is a really good defense, and I could see them relying a lot more on the run and a lot more, you know, taking a lot more off of Rogers' shoulders until maybe next year they draft that wide receiver that can help him out a whole lot because I just don't see a wide receiver on this team that, you know, is anything close to what they have lost in Adams. So, you know, I could definitely see Rogers having a – good season because he's Aaron Rodgers but not the you know two MVP past years and if you really think about it in the, in the years where you know he lost Jordy Nelson and things like that where he didn't finish in the top 12 you know he didn't have that that go-to guy I mean he, he had he spread the ball out a whole lot more than he has you know in years where he had that really really good go-to wide receiver yep all right, number nine is Tom Brady. So I have Brady, I think, two, three spots ahead of this head. Um, you know, he is losing Antonio Brown, or he lost Antonio Brown midseason last year. Um, lost Gronk. You don't know about Godwin. 
somehow, though, Tom Brady just always seems to turn it on. You know, he still have Mike Evans out there. Godwin will eventually get healthy. They picked up Julio Jones, who, guess what? I guarantee you Julio Jones is effective with Tom Brady. That guy, he has not been good in recent years. Last year, it seemed like he was hurt, banged up all season. Guess what? I think Julio Jones, I don't, I'm not going to say he's going to be old Julio, but I think he's going to have a little mini resurrection this year with Tom Brady. It just, I, there's a reason he went to Tampa, trust, you know, just right off the bat. Um, but this offense, I mean, Leonard Fournette was not really the best running back last year. He just caught a ton of passes. And that's the thing. Like, this team passes the ball a ton. And I don't think that's going to change, um, especially with the way the line's starting to go down. It's, you know, the center's uh, Ryan – what's his name? Ryan Hainsey. Uh, he looks like he's going to be back by week one. Uh, but Ryan Jensen is out. You know what I mean? Um you know, they lost another man, a member along their line uh, recently as well. Like, the running game is probably not going to be – not even going to be as good as it was last year. And that's going to force Brady to have to throw the ball. And you can give Brady a bad line because all he's going to do is get that ball out quick. He's going to read, you know, read what's coming and get it out quick. And, you know, to me, I just I, – I see him passing the ball a ton, and I think that's going to, you know – be a lot better and lead to him doing good things. Yep, I agree. I think they, you know, they are going to predicate the offense and getting the ball out of his hands quickly. So I really don't think the, you know, loss of weapons in the interior of that offensive line really hurts Tom Brady at all. Yep. Where do you have Brady ranked, Steve? I have him at seven. Yep. All right. That's exactly where I have him. So as you can see, uh, these top 15 are pretty much interchangeable. You can, you know, add and mix and throw different guys in here and there, but um, pretty much the same 15. Um, number eight is Dak Prescott. Um, I have Dak outside of the top 15. This is the one guy that I will say is interchangeable for me. I, you know, you have the two running backs there. I think, you know, Zeke is going to be, I think they're going to try and grind Zeke out. I think they're going to use Pollard heavily. The, the line is getting devoured. Um, you know, to me, his weapons are just not healthy. He's got a couple young guys out there. Like, I don't know. I, I, Dak Prescott, I, I think this is going to be a down year for the Cowboys. And to me, like, I think that's going to crush Dak for this season. Um, I have Dak at 16. Um, I actually have him behind Trevor Lawrence, who I like what I've seen from Trevor in the preseason. I think, you know, Jaguars are going to throw the ball a lot. Um, so to me, you know, Dak Prescott is pretty much undraftable for me, for me personally, because he always goes in those top, you know, at least in the top 12. And I just will not take him there because I don't trust his situation around him. Yep, I agree. I, um, I have him at, what is he, 13? 14. I'm at 14. And just because I like, I think a lot of people are really, really high on like CD lamb and they're really high on, uh, you know, Dak Prescott because they think, you know, dude's just going to throw the ball a half a billion times. And I definitely think their passing volume is going to be high. I just don't know if I trust any of the weapons on this team. And Dak Prescott has never had a wide receiver who had more than eight touchdowns in a season. Never. Like, that's never happened. So, you know, I find it hard to put him inside of my top 12, knowing that he doesn't have a single receiver who has ever had eight touchdowns. And I don't know what these weapons are even capable of because we've never seen CD lamb have a huge season, you know, and we've never really seen any of his weapons have huge seasons. It's always been a very high volume of throwing spread out around a lot of good weapons. And I have no idea if his weapons are really all that good this year. So, you know, I do think this is finally the year where he, him and a player on the team scores more than eight touchdowns together. Uh, but I don't know if it's CeeDee Lamb. It could be Dalton Schultz getting, you know, 10, 12 touchdowns. You know what I mean? And CeeDee getting six. You know what I mean? Who knows? I don't know. So, 
it just with all the question marks, it's just very hard for me to put him inside of my top twelve. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I like I think that I obviously am high on C D Lamb and I think that I think that he's going to change and reverse course to get slam a ton of targets and probably get him double digit touchdowns. That's that's my prediction. Um that being said, like you, historically, Dak Prescott has been a guy that has spread the ball around, and that's when he's at his best, which is why I think focusing on one receiver is going to kind of have him at his worst, believe it or not, because I think it's you know, not really what's made him successful in the past, and I think that's going to wind up hurting him, especially you know, in his you know, fantasy outlook. All right, number seven is Jalen Hurts. So I have Jalen Hurts at number five. Um, Jalen Hurts, out of every quarterback in here, probably out of every quarterback we've talked about so far, and maybe even talk about in the next, well, the next one, I think Jalen Hurts has probably has the highest upside to finish at number one, just because of the rushing, getting the new weapons, um, you know, to me, like what you've seen in the preseason. Very small sample size. I think it was one drive in the preseason that they that he played, and he was very good on it. You know, obviously marched the team down, got a touchdown, um, and we didn't see anything from AJ Brown on that drive. But to me, like I just think that Jalen Hurts, given the weapons, he was on fire last year. I think through the first half of the season, uh, he was like the number two quarterback, and then they started running the ball more because they started to want to win more. And that hurt Jalen Hurts in, in fantasy. However, given they have A.J. Brown there, given that this is kind of a make-or-break year for Jalen Hurts, I think they're going to be they, – they're wanting to see what they have in this guy. They're going to want to throw the ball a lot more throughout the season to make sure that if Jalen Hurts is our, our quarterback, we can move forward with and we don't have to draft a guy next year with the two picks that we got in the first round. So to me, I think this is a season where – Hurts is going to be throwing the ball a lot more. It's going to lead to him probably rushing a lot more as well uh, once he escapes and, and starts to have those the ability to make plays on his own. And, you know, I just think that it's going to cause a huge fantasy season for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I have Jalen Hurts at three. So I completely agree with everything he said. Um, I just don't see – I just watching him in the preseason, he looks like a much better passer which has always been the you know the thing that everyone has said that's going to be his downfall and if this guy is a 65 to 66% completion percentage guy like the sky's the limit for what this guy can put up it really is because we know he has a 1000 yard rushing upside we know the dude you know has the some of the best weapons in the NFL let's just be honest you know what i mean I would I would argue that Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, and Devonta Smith are three of the best receiving weapons in the NFL You know, as a group. Uh, you know, there might be like three or four teams that are better, you know, with their total receiving core, but those are some damn good weapons. They, it's just, it's really hard for me to see him finish outside of, you know, the top five, like Kev said, five, top six. But I think his upside is something that I would be reaching for in drafts. And, you know, a guy that I'm, you know, not scared to say that I would draft, you know, right in round five where he's going. I mean, he's going five, six. So, you know, I would take him there in a heartbeat. If, you know, if I feel really confident about my wide receivers and my, and my running backs, you know, I, I would have no problem reaching on, you know, the upside of a guy like Kev said could finish QB one. Yep. All right. So number six is Joe Burrow. Um, so Joe Burrow for me is number nine. It looks like you know, a little further down than when he's being drafted. Um, mainly because. So last year he finished the season really well obviously caught fire in the playoffs, but he really wasn't extraordinary throughout the season. I guess people are expecting like a huge breakout from Burrow. Um, fantasy wise, this is still a team with Joe Mixon that runs the ball. 
Um, and you know, they're, that's not going away. You know, Joe Mixon's going to see at least 250 carries probably this year. Um, so, you know, it just makes it hard to, to think that Burrow, without rushing the ball because he doesn't run as much, it's hard to think that he has the upside of some of the next couple guys that we're going to start talking about. Um, and while he's, you know, when, when you've got a running back behind you that's going to touch the ball as much as Mixon is, you know, it's going to make it hard to finish number six. That saying, being said, like, you know, I think that Joe Burrow is going to be have, have a great season. You know, I think that he is, you know, he probably has better weapons than Jalen Hurts. We just talked about, you know, the guys he has, you know, Chase T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, you know, are freaking studs at wide receiver. So to me, like he has the weapons out there to perform, you know, like an elite quarterback. Um but without rushing upside, I just think it's going to be hard to stay in line with the guys like Hertz and Murray and Jackson and, you know, and of course, Allen. And then Mahomes and Herbert are probably just better passers right now in their careers than, than uh, Burrow is. Yep, I agree. I have Burrow down at uh, 10, 9, 10, something like that. So, you know, I agree. I think, I really think to be in the top five, you have to have a dual threat at both or have the insane, you know, 45 plus touchdown season. You know what I mean? Which I just don't see Joe Burrow getting to, you know, he has the weapons to do it. Uh, but I don't see him throwing for, you know, 45 touchdowns this year and being, you know, a top five guy, top six, you know, top three guy. Um, I think it would be very hard for him to do. Yep. Number five, we have Kyler Murray. Um, I think I have Kyler Murray at six. Um, so right around this area, he's obviously going to be missing DeAndre Hopkins for the first, ooh, excuse me, six games of the season. Uh, that being said, you know, he is going to have, um, you know, Hollywood Brown out there now. Uh, and, you know, after those first six games, you're sitting there looking at, you know, Hollywood and uh, A.J. Brown or A.J. Green and, um, DeAndre Hopkins is your three weapons. That's a pretty damn good receiving core. You obviously still have Rondell Moore. James Conner, as a running back, is to me, never been very good. But one thing he does well is come out of the backfield and catch passes. So there's a lot going on in Kyler Murray's offense. Obviously, Cliff Kingsbury wants, you know, you know, spread it out wide and go. You know what I mean? It's kind of what Cliff Kingsbury has done ever since his college career. Um I think that's going to lead to Murray having a good season. Um, you know, the problem with Kyler Murray is that it always seems to tail off at some point, whether it's injury or his play. Um, but, you know, you can't really not. You know, the fact that he's – the way he runs, the way he does, same thing. He's going to finish – you know, it's hard to see him finishing outside the top six uh, with his style of play and the weapons he has around him. Yep, he's my number four. So – you know, I don't really have much to add to that. I think he just is a very good fantasy quarterback. Maybe not the greatest NFL quarterback, but a very, very good fantasy quarterback and a guy that you can rely on to get you, you know, good fantasy, you know, scores every single week just because, like Kev said, his style of play. All right. Next up, we have Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson obviously, you know, has thousand hundred yard rushing upside, especially going into this year where you know his weapons. We, we're losing Hollywood Brown. We're expecting Bateman to take that step forward. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it seems like his receiving core is just really a bunch of young guys. And if that's going to be the case, you know, that rushing might start might come back from what we saw in previous years, obviously, you know, he has Dobbins healthy now. So, well, I don't want to say he's healthy yet. He's not, I don't think he's been cleared yet, but Dobbins should be ready to go week one. Um, Mike Davis is in the back backfield as a complimentary. Gus Edwards will probably be back sometime. So they're definitely going to run the ball a ton, but I think, you know, it's going I don't want to say they've given up on trying to go with rely on Lamar's arm as much, but it does sort of feel like they are kind of reverting back to three years ago and saying, all right, well, we, we weren't as successful trying to let Lamar 
showcase his arm. You know, we weren't as successful as a team. We really, you know, we didn't, you know, this was a team that really at one point had Super Bowl aspirations. And going into the last couple of years, I really don't think those aspirations have been there. Um, and I think the way they want to do it is just try to let Lamar be Lamar. And so I think this, this could be a season where Lamar goes back to, you know, getting close to a thousand yards rushing. Yep. Lamar is my number two. So yeah, I don't, I just don't see, or three, I'm sorry. He's my number three right behind Jalen Hurts. So you got Hurts two? Yeah, I have Hurts at two. I have Josh Allen, Hurts and, and Lamar. I'm looking at it now. So yeah, I, you know, Jackson to me just it's same thing. Duke can rush for a thousand yards again. <laughs> yeah, I mean he has ten rushing touchdown upside again. Uh I think what hurts him a little bit and why I have him right behind Jalen is because uh I don't think the passing is gonna be as much as it's been, you know, in the in his MVP season or or the season after his MVP season, just because I think the weapons uh may I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to gel, you know, with his receiving core now. So, you know, Devin Duvernay is new. You know what I mean? He's not a guy he's thrown to a whole lot. You know what I mean, it just, just the receiving core in total, I think is just a, a little bit of a downgrade from what he's had, you know, with Hollywood and all that. So I, I could see those passing numbers being a little worse, but you know, Shit, it's a possibility that they say, "Hey, you know, we're just gonna run a shit ton, and maybe he gets twelve hundred yards rushing." Like, I'm, I, I'm not gonna take that out off the table because this, I think this dude is that dynamic. But unless he does that, I don't see him finishing, you know, one or two uh, this season. So, you know, a guy that I really, really like, but um, you know, that's just the way I have it ranked. Yep. All right, number three is Justin Herbert. So you must have Herbert down because... Yes. Well, I have Herbert at five. Okay. So for me, Herbert's my number one. Uh, I see Herbert as like 5,500 yards and 50 touchdowns this year. Yeah, like that's, ha- that's what he would have to do to get it. And that's, yeah, that's that's kind of what I see coming out of him this year. Uh, you know, he obviously has taken a step forward. He's got great weapons with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. A lot of people expect Josh Palmer to be, you know, somewhat of a breakout. Jalen Guyton is still there, guys that he used pretty sparingly considering the other two targets he has, but both were pretty good in what, you know, what they needed them to do. Um, and, of course, he is probably one of the best receiving backs outside of McCaffrey. I think Eckler would probably be the best receiving back out of the backfield. Um you know, to me, I think Justin Herbert has all the upside. You know, I know he doesn't do a lot of the rushing, and that's what probably will hurt him against the guy, the other six quarterbacks, seven quarterbacks that we've talked about pretty much. Um, you know, Allen runs, Mahomes will run, you know, Lamar, Kyler, Jalen Hurts all run the football, where Herbert probably doesn't run as much, but he does run a little bit. Um that being said, I just think his arm is that good. I think we're going to see him kind of settle into this offense. This is his second year in this new offense. And, you know, I'm ready to see Justin Herbert take that step forward to, you know, kind of do what Patrick Mahomes did in his second year where it was just an MVP season. I think Herbert's going to be MVP this year. Yeah, I definitely could see that. Um, but the reason I have him is because that low is because, like I said, I, I – you know, I definitely could see those numbers happening. I just, I just don't think if unless he does that, he he doesn't have one overall. I don't think he has one overall in his range of outcomes. I think last year he was amazing, great. But if you think about it, like the defense is better this year. You know, I don't think they're going to be in as many shootouts as they were last year, just because I think the defense is a little bit better. Uh, you know. I think last year was more more of a situation where there was no choice. Like, he had to throw the ball. Like, they were, there was a couple of games where they were getting, let's be honest, they were getting fucking blown out. And he was having to throw the ball, you know, in the second half to just bring the team back. I think the games are going to be a lot closer this year. So, I don't think he's going to have to do that. So, you know, could I see that? Definitely. But that's that's a situation where I think injuries would have to happen on the defense for him to have to 
have to throw for fifty five hundred yards and you know and fifty touchdowns because I just don't think I don't think he's going to need to do that to to win games this year. I think they're just a better team this year than they were last year. Number two is Patrick Mahomes. Um, obviously, I don't think either one of us has Mahomes this high. No, uh, I think you know he's only being drafted this high off of clout. Yep. You know? My number six. Yeah, I think the only reason he's getting going this high is because he's Patrick Mahomes and people expect him to just be Patrick Mahomes. Losing a weapon like Tyreek Hill to me is going to be extremely difficult for him. Um, you know, I think they're going to try to run the ball more. You know, I don't know how that's going to go because we haven't seen Clyde Edwards Hilaire and. Um, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon. We haven't really seen those guys be like stud running backs, but I do think they're going to try to get the run game a little more involved this year. Um, but it's just, I mean, when you lose a weapon like Tyree Kill and you're replacing it with Marcus Valdez-Scanling, Juju's not a deep threat like that. You know, Juju's way more of an intermediate guy. So maybe they're changing the offense up a little bit to try and focus more on intermediate routes. Um, but that being said, like Juju's an intermediate guy. Guess what Kelsey is? Kelsey's an intermediate guy. So I don't know how that dirt. I am interested to see how those two kind of work on the field together. Um, uh, so to me, it's just like, you know, you're downgrading your weapons a little bit. And, you know, when you don't run for, for 700 yards, it's kind of hard to have you ranked up in the top five. Exactly. I, I just don't see... I just don't see the amount of upside that we've saw in the past years with, you know, with this team. And I do think that they are going to take, you know, a dink and dunk approach, you know, kind of, you know, kind of like the Andy Reid offenses were when, you know, Donovan McNabb didn't have T.O. And when Donovan McNabb didn't have Deshaun Jackson, if you think about back, you know, to when Donovan McNabb didn't have those huge play threats, it was a lot more of a dink and dunk offense, a lot more of, you know, throwing to the tight ends, you know, and, and not, you know, using James Thrash to go down the field every once in a while in with, with a big play or, you know, Kevin Curtis down the field. Ryan Westbrook. Exactly. A lot of, a lot of dink and dunk stuff that, you know, bubble screens and, you know, uh, uh, you know, just pre just trying to maneuver the offense in a way where they can still produce yards and still produce touchdowns, but the numbers, you know, Donovan McNair never got up to those, you know, 40 touchdown seasons or, you know, five, you know, almost 5,000 yards. So I think it's going to be, you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm not comparing the two guys. I think Patrick Mahomes is, you know, a much better quarterback than Donovan McNabb is talent-wise. But I do think Andy Reid is going to – produce offense in a in a different way than we have seen in the past which is not conducive to super high fantasy points yep i have Patrick Mahomes at number five and you know that's you know, uh, so both of either one of us really are going to wind up with Patrick too much because he's going to be you know the second or third quarterback taken and you know we like other guys better that will just wait on yep so number one, uh, eighty well, number one on ADP is Josh Allen. He was the number one quarterback last year. He is awesome. You know, still has you know Stephon Diggs out there. Gabriel Davis is expected to take a, take a step forward. You know, doesn't have the best running game, although it looked pretty good in the preseason. You know, it does never can't really rely on Singletary in that group to be the greatest rushing attack, and so they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And he is their rushing attack, basically. You know, the guy's going to rush for, you know, six, five, six hundred yards. He's going to rush for double-digit touchdowns and, you know, throw for another 30 to 40 touchdowns. And that's going to make Josh Allen just an unbelievable fantasy option year in, year out. Um, you know, the guy's a stud. Yep. So it is my thing, like, I think Josh Allen had a step back from the year prior, you know, touchdown-wise and yardage-wise. I mean, he, he did a little more, you know, rushing. He ran for a little more yards than he normally does. He ran for 763 yards last year. He finished 22 points better than basically any other quarterback, right? 
And I think, I think people want to take him out of that number one spot, you know, just because it's really hard for a quarterback to finish, you know, three consecutive seasons as the fantasy quarterback one. But I think this dude is on a mission to be the MVP. Like, I think he feels he should have been the MVP, you know, last year. You know, he didn't get it. You know, I think he really wanted it the year before. Didn't get it again. Uh, I think he knows this is like his window to win the MVP. He has everything he needs to win it this year. And I really think he's going super hard to get it. Like, I, I think, you know, this could be the, you know, 47, 4,800 yard passing, you know, 40 plus touchdown, you know, throwing. And, you know, he's always basically six to 10 rushing touchdowns every single year. So, you know, and the other thing is their schedule, everybody, basically everybody in the AFC has a tough schedule because the AFC is just such a good division. But the Bills offense, I just think it's so hard to stop because you can't really, there's not one aspect of it that you can stop. There's a lot of teams that either like you can stop, you can really try to take away the deep passes and all that other stuff and it really hurts them. But Josh doesn't need to have like he doesn't need to throw the ball deep to produce. Like if you watch the games, I mean he he will dink and dunk the shit out of you. He really will. And I you know with Isaiah McKenzie, I know he's banged up right now, but with Isaiah McKenzie, I say they're saying what they're saying about this kid coming out of you know of camp is that you know he he's catching the ball and this dude's taking it sixty on on the number one defense last year. So. You know, if you have that guy doing that, plus what Stefan brings to the team, and you know, I, I, like I already told you guys the other day, I think, I think that uh, David, David, yeah, David, that uh, Gabriel Davis could lead the league in touchdowns. I, you know, I think it's all just set up for for Josh Allen to, you know, possibly really run away with the MVP this year. So, you know. That's what I'm hoping. I'm a, obviously I'm a Bill fan. I'm a little bit biased, but you know I really do think this team is set up for him to win an MVP this year. And you know I wouldn't be surprised if he did it. Yep. All right, guys. So that is the top 15 quarterbacks. Tomorrow morning we'll be back with the top 15 tight ends. Um, you know, looking forward to get back on track this year and. and you know, kind of move forward with some things. We'll talk about different different ideas heading into week one. Uh, you know, get you ready for any upcoming drafts you may have. So uh, stay tuned. We got some good information coming. And until next time, peace out, guys. Peace out, family.